powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. It's March Mania at Sports Interaction, NHL, NBA, MLB, March Madness, and so much more. It's bananas. Play pinata picks and minute madness. Exclusive games with insane odds you can't play anywhere else. Make your next bet with Sports Interaction. Download the app in Ontario, use the QR code you see at the bottom of the screen, or head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. All right, Oilers fans, we whooped LA two games right before the playoffs. And you know what? They look like they're probably going to be our playoff opponents. It's not locked down in math yet, but the odds are looking more and more like this will be your first round matchup. Zach, if this is the case, I don't mind. Bring it on. Oh man, this game, they're so intense between Edmonton and LA. It's obviously very nice that the Oilers were able to humble the Kings who were they, both the team and their fans were just delusional for the last couple of weeks. So the Oilers come into this game, serve them a nice slice of humble pie, but man, what a game. Like this is another instance and this just should this should make Oilers fans so confident going into the playoffs. The Oilers once again came in and they didn't play the game that I'm sure they would have liked to play. Absolutely. If it's up to the Oilers, I'm sure they'd like to win. They would like to play a run and gun, whatever. But because of the trap that LA plays and the way that LA limits your chances, you're forced into that that just standoff between two dominant defensive teams. And the Oilers, once again, outworked, outchanced, outhustled, and beat LA at their own game. You know what? Like one of the biggest takeaways from that first period, which let's be honest, there was not a whole lot going on. The The broadcast said it tied a team record for the Oilers for the lowest number of shots combined in a period at yeah. five. But what I loved seeing out of that was the hits. It was like 20 hits Edmonton to 11 or something like that by L.A., Edmonton dominated in the physicality in that first period. So even though there wasn't much scoring going on, there wasn't a whole lot of offensive chances at all Mm -hmm. for both sides. Edmonton was slowly getting an advantage. And that's the type of style that we saw last playoff series between Edmonton and L.A. And I love to see L.A. essentially just completely give up in that department. Mm -hmm. In that first period, you saw they were just playing that trap style, getting sticks in. They did not want to get on the same level of physicality that the Oilers did. But here's the thing that kind of messes with that. If you're starting to play that physical game and the refing is the way that it was in that second period, then that starts to throw a wrench in your plans. Do you want to start talking about that? Because I don't know what else you want to talk about in that first first period. Well, first, I got to say that 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 first period was like flatter than Todd McClellan's haircut. It was straight edge. There was nothing going on. It was unbelievable. And that's what the Kings want, right? They're trapping and waiting and trapping and waiting and trapping and waiting and essentially hoping that they're going to capitalize on that one mistake that's going to happen from the Oilers. And you see all Kempe, and this happened a little later in the game, but this is my best example, is Kempe with that look breakaway. And the difference is, the thing for the Oilers, they have Stuart Skinner stand up, who you know makes all those points moot by LA. Like You can't capitalize on those mistakes. And they essentially are trying to win every single game, one nothing, especially against the Oilers. They they know they cannot compete with them offensively whatsoever. They're not even in the same stratosphere offensively, not even close. Well, here's the thing, right? You mentioned the Kempe breakaway. There was one in the first period. It was just such a boring first period that mm-hmm. no one paid any attention because every chance had like four minutes of gap in between i compared it on twitter and if you're not following us on twitter you should uh links in the description Uh, this game in the first period it felt like the equivalent of jamming your finger in your car door it felt like the equivalent of stubbing your toe on your end table like this was the least exciting amount of hockey in the world and i'm glad that we don't live in the dead puck era because if we did this this sort of hockey would turn off 
a whole heck of a lot of fans. That was a page straight out of the Jacques Lemaire playbook. That was like insane. There was not a Kings four checker in sight the entire series. And I noticed my timeline pointing out too that even after the Oilers were up one nothing, the Kings were still down one nothing trying to win the game 0-0. There was no attempt to stretch out that trap. And the thing for the Oilers and the, the way they're going to beat the Kings in the playoffs if these two teams do face off is their the Oilers need to be able to consistently to beat that trap just once. All you got to do is beat the trap once, whether you work hard and draw a power play like we saw McDavid do after the Kings ended up tying up the game, or you just you get a puck in deep, you recover on the forecheck, and you're able to score uh, off a cycle. You need to beat the trap. Once you beat the trap, the Kings are forced to stretch out because they cannot. you cannot trap and generate offense. Then the second they stretch out and they, you start going shot for shot with the Kings, it's game over. The Kings can't compete. No team has the top five players like the Oilers do. The Kings are already tonight missing Velarde. They're missing Fiala. They're missing Mikey Anderson. They're missing Alex Edler. Velarde and Fiala still... Don't they? I don't know if they'd be a top five forward on the others. Just no way. And you know what? Talking about the top six forwards, well, top five, Kane was really good in that Dominate. first period. And throughout the game, even though he didn't have a whole lot of you know scoring opportunities, Kane laying that body in, getting the sort of hands to set up other players. You see that this is why he's such a valuable asset to this team come playoff time. He missed the first two games that these two teams played together, and you saw the impact both games. Eight hits tonight, just dominant on the forecheck. Did he score? Did he get on the score sheet? I don't believe so. But where his presence is felt is creating those turnovers, making LA's uh, defenseman, specifically Sean Dursey, move the puck and maybe a second before they have to, right? He just creates so much, uh, like, pressure for the, from an Oilers perspective and able to help dry side on Yamamoto so much. And Yamamoto again, too, like those two wingers, what, again, we said this last show, but what a, the way the turns table, you know what I'm saying? Like it, they have, they were awesome again tonight. And I know Yamamoto probably passed a bunch of shots. You would like him to take bit overpassing. We can get into that in a second, but one thing we've kind of neglected to do, we kind of, we got to say what up to everyone in the chat. I like how everyone already knows there's 60 people, almost 60 people watching and everyone already knows hit the like button. We're already at 25 likes. Dennis, I'll let you set the like goal tonight. What do you think the like goal should be? I mean, we got to keep it simple. We got to keep it clean. Let's just do a solid 3-1. How about that? A solid 31? Yeah. We're going to clear that in five seconds. We're going to clear that in five seconds. We'll make it easy. It's an 11-30 mountain time game. I was thinking 99, more for Ryan Nugent Hopkins, but I I like your achievable It'll be tomorrow. For the the playoffs. We're going 100 likes tomorrow. Okay. You heard it here, folks. You got to do... I'm giving you an easy ball tonight. Just going to give you a nice soft ball. Tomorrow, bring your friends. We're getting to 100. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You keep smashing that like button. We'll see. Let's aim for, you know what? Try and aim for 99 for me. We'll see. <laughs> All we'll right. see. But anyways, kind of back into the game, back into the game. And I, I know that at, like a big storyline, even though the Oilers won, is going to be the refing because when these two teams do meet in the playoffs or most likely meet in the playoffs, uh, we're going to spend a lot of time, I'm sure, whether you like it or not, talking about the refing because it's funny. If you go on Oilers Twitter and if you only follow Oilers fans, every single thing there, I, I don't know if there's a t- other team in the NHL that collectively garners this much like attacking of the refs than the LA Kings do. But if you go on Kings Twitter and I kind of take peeks there from time to time throughout the game just to see how upset they are because it's hilarious to me. But um, when you take a peek there, they're all equally crying about the refs. Like it's, it's equal both ways. And the funniest part is when you look at the actual power plays tonight, the Kings were 0 for 4, which one star we can't we should shout out tonight is the Oilers penalty kill. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Kings did not get a sniff on the power play. Every opportunity down the ice, every possible chance. The Yamamoto had a shorthanded uh, two-on-one, I believe, with Yanmark or Ryan. And Yamamoto Yanmark, tried yeah. to force the pass. Unfortunately, probably should have taken the shot, and he learned his lesson later in the game. But the Oilers on the penalty kill, somewhere where they were a, a pretty weak earlier in the season, they kind of shored it up right they they got yeah. significantly better and they put the kings to, to bed like on the power play that's they, they won this game through special teams you that's know what, what it comes down to you know what part of that is 
a couple of contributions, right? First off, Connor McDavid is also now on the on the penalty kill. When you have that threat, teams have to start watching out a little bit. And the second one that I really want to contribute to, or say contributed a lot, is Nick Bukestad. Because mm-hmm. having Bukestad as that center to take the faceoff, he was 76% in the faceoff dot tonight. Amazing. Unbelievable. You know, you know what? Like this team is well built now. Just a couple of additions on the back end and on the front on the front end. Suddenly this team has fixed their PK. All they're still scoring at an amazing clip. You know, mm-hmm. gotta send some love to Tyson Berry. He had a great night tonight as well. Uh we'll we'll talk about some of the other th- action that happened in the NHL maybe later on in the night. But this offense hasn't been hurt at all with Tyson Berry taken out of the lineup. Bouchard has played really well in that power play role. Mm-hmm. And it seems like this team right now has no weakness anymore, right? There's no. no one thing you can pinpoint. They are rolling. The defense is rolling. The goaltending is rolling as well as it rolled this entire season. Stewart and Jack are both on rolls. Um, maybe, you know, despite it being a small sample size, we'll see how Jack plays tomorrow in Anaheim. I'm super excited to see how he get, how he responds after a shutout. Uh, one thing, and, and we'll talk about the refing in a bit. I see uh, simply brain banging up that Clem cost and penalty because that was ridiculous. Uh, Hater McDader says, I love how they were booing McDavid. And that's so weird to me. I don't understand where that came from because I don't remember them booing McDavid the last time we played. I don't know if I'm forgetting something, but like the Calgary Flames, McDavid uh, pretty much destroyed their franchise and they don't. Uh, boo mcdavid like this like where where is this coming from you you the only time i can recall team or entire fan base booing players is like if a team like or a player like unceremoniously leaves the franchise you know yeah i mean like a like a jt i mean that yeah, exactly. situation John, it was pk suban when he was traded i know they cheered then they booed it was kind of a joke but like i believe uh kachuk in calgary was booed i think there's just but stuff like that riley in chat has a Hello, Riley. Riley in chat has the reason, right? It was the Anderson or Mikey Anderson hit, but that's the thing. It it wasn't a dirty hit. Yeah, so Anderson got injured on the play. Actually, booing because of the Mikey Anderson hit. That is like that's like the Oilers booing Brett Kulak got hit from behind. Like what? What? Yeah, because really? here's the thing, right? They thought it was so dirty, and the NHL didn't even didn't even consider it they didn't even look at it they didn't do any interviews nothing so are we gonna make a big stink about blake lazat hitting Derek ryan from behind are we booing are are we just booing blake lazat every time the puck is dropped at rogers place now is that how it's gonna work i know right and here's the thing you don't have to go far you go back to last season in the playoffs, Mikey Anderson very clearly takes down Drysaddle, injures his ankle, which we now know is is confirmed. No more lower body injury. Uh, we know that is essentially what handicapped the Oilers' offense last playoff rush, and we didn't boo Anderson. The players on the ice took exception because, of course, they would, right? That's a teammate. That's a fellow. But the fans didn't unilaterally say, you know what? Fuck this guy. We're going to boo him every time it touches the puck. No, we talked on Twitter. Of course, every fan base, you can pull up a fan base's Twitter. They will absolutely have one person, at least, that talks about every other player in the NHL, right? So that's not a reason. This this Kings fan base is somewhat delusional. After the last game, we saw that the LA Kings fans were up in arms saying that, you know what, if this hadn't happened, if we had this player, if this wasn't the situation, blaming us on things like your team has two players. Guys, you lost Mikey Anderson last game, and that was the reason why you lost the entire game. Like he's Ridiculous. a really good defenseman. He's a top four defenseman. But like, are you serious? If Mikey Anderson is going to make or break your team, you are not a good hockey team. If you have to trap like this, you are not a good 
hockey team. Todd McClellan is getting out coached. The Oilers are the Oilers are just a better all around team from top to bottom. Like like that's what this game comes into. That's what these last two games show. LA Kings fans can sit there and say, "Oh, they beat the Oilers when they were healthy, when the Kings were at full strength two months ago." But the difference is the Oilers weren't healthy. Now the Oilers are healthy, and you're seeing that. And they're still you know missing Ryan McLeod, Dylan Holloway, and whoever that are going to be playing if there's a playoff series. Like. You can't just use injuries as a crutch. The fact is you go into this game, you play the game, and look, the Kings definitely got their chances, but the Oilers just had the they had the better goaltender this game. They were able to fend off the Kings when they did throw stuff at the net, when the Kings were able to apply pressure, and they overcame it. Like the the, the Oilers faced a little bit of adversity this game, right? 10 minutes left in the third period. You're winning a super tight game, super emotional, super intense. Victor Arvidsson from the blue line takes a shot, seeing eye, Philip Deneau, perfect screen, beats Skinner. Skinner doesn't even see it, right? That's the type of thing where we've seen in uh, in the Oilers of past where they kind of wilt, where that goal late, that big emotional time goal that gives the King a boost of momentum, and then the Kings kind of come in, in the past would have come back out and had another sustained pressure built on that and potentially scored. The difference is... Woodcroft goes right to Connor McDavid. McDavid goes full God mode that shift, dangles all the Kings, draws like, takes like four hooks and slashes. They finally finally call a penalty. The Oilers go to the power play. Best power play in NHL history. It's lights out. Leon Dreisaitl gets his 51st on the power play, right? You can just see how much it means to him. The celebrations. Just as much as we hate the Kings, they hate the Kings. And it's beautiful to see. It is beautiful to see. The Oilers were strong under pressure and they overcame all the adversity. I love their performance tonight. And here's the thing too, right? I, I hate the narrative that, oh, Dreisaitl is just a power play merchant. No, he's not. He's an insane player. He had 123 points so far this season. And just because he's about to break an NHL record for power play goals, if he gets four more, that's all it takes doesn't mean that's the only weapon he has. And keep in mind, he was playing half of this season on like a half recovered ankle. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I simply brain in the chat brings up 180 mins and only one goal allowed. So proud of that. I hope everyone in during the second intermission who tweeted about the shutout streak is happy because and I saw earlier people talking about the ESPN broadcast apparently was jinxing us too. Yeah. But like, oh my God, use your head, guys. Use your head. You don't say the word. You don't say the word. What are you guys doing? Look, oh. I'll, I'll take a little bit of fault on that. In the first period, I used the word, but I said, you know what? Double shutout. Let's all go home. That yeah. was the context I said it in. Yeah, exactly. Maybe so that's my fault. When I read that, I construed those double shutout already, you know, coming in double shutouts, back to back shutouts. I was thinking, <laughs> okay, you know what? Let's go home. This game's going to be over early. They go, they're going to play you know, stingy defense. But yeah, no, everyone after the second period just lost their minds, started tweeting, oh, the Oilers haven't allowed a goal in 9,885 minutes. The Oilers Counting haven't allowed a goal since I graduated high school. Like everyone is just <laughs> tweeting that stuff. And I'm like, oh, you guys are asking for it. You guys are asking for it. And and, and obviously they come out in, in 10 minutes left in the third when the Kings finally start playing with like some sort of actual hockey, they score a goal. <laughs> But yeah, it like what what are you gonna do? You are it is hockey. Like you guys are going to allow goals at sometimes. I'm just so happy about how the way that they responded. Yeah, and you know what? It, it it wasn't a really bad goal or anything. It was a nice screen in front, like you mentioned. Um that's a type of goal that you know you like to have, but at the same time, it's almost a, a crapshoot because mm-hmm. you don't see anything. Skinner's just gonna purely try his best to position himself in a place where he can block the puck. Yeah. Right. Um, one thing that I did want to cap off, because I mean Goals wise, we're almost done. There's one more, the empty netter, Darnell Nurse from 200 feet out. Oh, yeah, that's like all I saw again. Stony, I don't want I gotta give him credit for the tweet. He's like, all those unforced Darnell Nurse icings finally paid off, right? He was training for this the entire season, exactly. He was practicing and it paid off with that unbelievable eight ball pool style bank shot off the boards right into the empty net. Dry saddle, another assist on the night. 
And yeah, it was it was lights out for the Kings. It was really nice to see the Oilers get that empty net goal early. So you're not just having that onslaught of Kings pressure and your butts just clench for an entire minute. You're able to breathe a little bit easier. Uh yeah, no, that was that was awesome. That was obviously that's lucky. Uh and we can't bank on that happening every single game. Uh, but bank. I saw exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm glad you caught that because I said it and I didn't even catch it. But um <laughs> that was that was fantastic to see the Oilers were every time the Kings pressured the Oilers were able to come through yeah and if you look at it you know this didn't feel like a goaltending duel it just felt like a little low event to start but both Phoenix Copley and Skinner played amazing I know Copley's been taking a little bit of a back seat to uh, Corpus Allo since oh, yeah. he, he joined the Kings but you know what we've beaten Corpus Allo Two nothing. We've beaten Copley three one. Let's say two mm-hmm. one. If since you you want to get rid of the empty net one, but these are low scoring type of games. These are games where you need to be solid defensively. And the Oilers, who traditionally everyone has said it's just outscore your problems, they've been able to prove we can win these tight games. It's not gonna go like last playoffs where LA is just gonna absolutely shut down the Oilers offense and we have no way to do anything except for McDavid and Drysaddle heroics. Well this team is just good now. They're built better they play better they have another year of uh, experience under their belt you can see the intensity that's just ramped up over this last like three week stretch you this it wasn't the same feeling last year like last year the Oilers were winning a lot of games down the stretch but it didn't have this playoff intensity that every single one of these games had I remember at the beginning of the season we talked about how there might have been a transition from the Oilers going from such intense games against Colorado and you know, the flames at the back half of that second round series going into games against Vancouver and whoever, and just kind of flying through that 82 game season and learning to play just regular, like monotonous regular season hockey. But now we're seeing that, that snap of the fingers transition back into playoff hockey, where I saw Kings fans and stuff. And it was funny. You brought this up before we went live that the, the sports net broadcast, and you could tell whenever there's a national or a regional broadcast, but whenever there's a guy who doesn't necessarily always watch the others or always cover the others, a lot of times you'll hear points brought up that might be not might be relevant to the Oilers of, you know, years past two, three, four years ago, but not at all relevant to the Oilers now. So they're talking about the, the Oilers, the Kings being more physical, you know, bringing that to the Oilers. But that is not the case. And that's one thing that Kings fans are worried about. The Oilers dominate teams physically. They, they get in on the body, whether it's guys like Kane, obviously is at the forefront of that, but even doesn't matter. Yamamoto, Bukestad, Vincent Deharnay, Brett Kulak, Cody Cece, Darnell Nurse, McDavid and Dreisaitl, we're destroying drives it'll pop doughty super hard right yeah. it is it is a commitment from top down and the intensity and the pace that they play with the kings cannot keep up with that physicality and you, over a series you're gonna wear them down and wear them down and albert puts it best in chat dry is a beast and again tonight you saw those brilliant efforts from leon that there was one on the power play where he cut right into the slot it didn't result in the goal but you saw leon once again i in my eyes was the best oiler on the ice um easily yeah one thing i just want to bring up real quick uh, riley said and i like the way riley put it and it kind of brings everything we've talked about together they play scared against us and that's exactly it you the kings have the second best power play in the nhl uh, believe it or not. So when the Oilers yeah. go over or when they go over four against the OSPK, that alone is impressive. But offensively, they can score goals. They really can score goals. But the thing is, against the Oilers, they completely throw their game that they've gone with all season kind of out the window. And because they're so scared of what the Oilers can do to them, they completely revamp their structure. They're changing everything about their game. And yes, they can play trap hockey pretty well. But the difference is the Oilers have quite literally one of the best players of all time some of the best trios ever assembled in hockey and they're able to beat the trap whether it's close whether it's seven nothing the oilers are a better team and in these games they're fun the fan bases go at each other they're intense but i love them and especially love when the Oilers come out on top yeah and you know what like let's let's not kid ourselves i'm talking to you la fans 
this team wasn't supposed to be this good this quick, right? Mm -hmm. The Kings were supposed to go into this sort of a retool. Maybe you want to call it early stage rebuild. But they suddenly started clicking really, really well. And one of the players that I think is going to be key to this future, uh, Quentin Byfield. Like, the kid is big he plays a nice style of game i can get behind a ton of chances in both of these last two games between the Oilers and the kings he's gonna be a scary good player in the nhl moving the forward but right now the oilers are just a better team yeah and i don't care if you say that a couple of kings are gonna come back from injury we have a couple of oilers that are coming back from injury and more importantly just a couple of guys isn't enough to change this entire tide that you see in these last two games, right? Mm-hmm. A healthy Kings and a healthy Oilers. Well, it's still the Oilers all the way. The thing is, when you're missing games like this, when you're missing huge, pivotal division home ice deciding games towards right at the end of the regular season, like obviously you don't wish injuries on him. You want everyone to get back as healthy as possible and blah, 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 whatever. But like, what are the odds of Fiala, Anderson, Edler, and Velarde actually being healthy, you know, in a week from now? If they're missing this game, sure, they'll come back. Who knows if they're going to be 70%, 30%, 40%. Like, this team, the Kings are what the Kings are. And the Kings definitely, even though the Oilers beat them twice, they still scare the shit out of me. Because they, you know, if you don't beat the trap and you do make a mistake and LA is able to capitalize, this game gets so much harder. Coming back. Uh, from a, a king's lead is so much harder than any other team in the nhl uh i one thing uh that uh what's his name hater mcdader said in chat uh made me laugh dry now has as much points as mcdavid did last year i did not know that that is absolutely hilarious <laughs> that is disgusting what i cannot 123. believe that 123 points for leon dry so i believe if he hits 129 he'll have the most points ever in the salary cap era sans Connor mcdavid yeah, because look look at Connor McDavid, 147 points. You know, in the next couple of games, we got a couple of big milestones. Obviously, Nugent Hopkins is first up. One more point from getting to that 100-point mark. And that's a pedestal that, again, you've mentioned in past broadcasts. It's, it's so rare to see the offensive talent that this team has right now. Sportsnet brought it up. The last time that a trio of three players all reached over 100 points was literally the Mario Lemieux era. Like, it is an insane thing to think about this Oilers team being on literally the levels of Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They, well, the Oilers have a player on the level of Mario Lemieux, right? There's just this team is special. This team is everything's working out perfectly. And again, like I said before, you don't wish injuries on anyone. But if if you were to pull Oilers fans and uh, just see who do they believe that the biggest competition would be in the playoffs, who in the West poses the biggest threat to the Oilers, it's easily Colorado, right? Yeah. And Rantanen got hurt tonight. I believe Kale McCarr was hurt tonight. Like there is just. It is not very lucky right now in Colorado. And obviously, if you want to, if you beat Colorado, you want to beat them at full strength, right? That is just Mm -hmm. the more impressive thing to do. But, you know, like if you're going into a series and Miko Rantanen just happens to not be able to play and needs some more time to recover, you know what, Miko, you take all your time you need to recover, come back next season, go lights out, and I will not complain at all right um mgd i like what you said in chat 63 watching only 43 41 likes come on people yeah let's keep racking up those likes let's do it uh once playoffs come we're i'm i'm we're, we're hitting 100 minimum every show i'm putting putting that out in the world right now yeah no this Easy. was this was awesome and i if you i it just if you take a look at natural statue one thing that was interesting tonight uh it looks like at five on five the kings had it says that the kings had eight high danger scoring four chance high danger chances for to the oilers four obviously that's five on five right, right. um uh, but but that that definitely caught my eye because at five on five the oilers had 25 shots the Kings 17 so according to natural statue the oilers the kings out chance the oilers but it's funny because they still generated less expected goals in the Oilers. So I'm not, I'm not a stat, like I'm not a huge numbers guy. So I don't know exactly how that works, but it's really interesting to me the way that they're, the models are calculating this game. 
Well, and it is, it, it's tough to say as well, right? Because you look at the Oilers' goals, and yes, they were power play goals. They weren't on 5-on-5. Five five, but you see that the Oilers can score 5-on-5 five five, no problem. So when you look at the analytics, it's also important to kind of take a look at the macro game. That's why there's still people who swear by the eye test, because the eye test is still of value. All we're asking now in the NHL is let's start incorporating a little bit more analytics. Um, It's a balance, right? It's a delicate balance between having the hard numbers and, you know, just seeing and looking if they're a good hockey team. Um, I I just want to ask the chat one thing real quick, real quick. Um, Did Connor McDavid get interviewed by the media? Did he say anything about getting booed tonight? I'm really curious if he did. Anyway, sorry, Dennis. Obviously, yeah, we we jump on the show right yeah. after we're right after the game ends, so we got to turn off the TVs and all that. Uh, let us know if he comments on that. That's going to be an incredible thing to hear, um, Connor. Obviously, he 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 doesn't really look for the smoke, but I'm starting to wonder if a little bit of wily veteran energy is starting to build in him. He doesn't um, like LA, man. He does not oh, yeah. like LA. One of the things I wanted to bring up is if you remember earlier on in the season, so many people, I mean, some of which on this network, were talking about how bad the Pacific Division is. The Pacific is the worst division, blah, blah, blah. Look at, you know, how these teams are are struggling to get points. You know, it it's amazing to see now, right? Because mm-hmm. you look at the powerhouses that are supposedly in the central Colorado, I think just clinched today. Dallas clinched like a couple days ago or something like that. And Minnesota, the three of them are all at 98 points. The one, two and three in the central are all at 90, 98 Pacific wise. We've all crested 100 in our top three. Yeah. It's insane. So, are we a weak division or was it just a, an effect of early on in the season? What do you uh, think, Zach? Well, I mean, obviously, the thing is, again, the Oilers are a second half team. Uh, the LA Kings had dog shit goaltending for the first two thirds of the season. Vegas is just a weird ass team. And I literally don't know what to make of the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, they, they had some injuries, too, going on. All this. Oh, we got a Kings fan in the chat. I was waiting. I've been waiting. Kings fans have been <laughs> so quiet. They've been so quiet. These cowards, the first two games, the first two games of the season, they were all over, just chirping and chirping and chirping and chirping. But then nothing. All this and McNugget hasn't done a thing. Well, guess what? He sent you guys home in seven. He made you guys look like fools. You guys scored one goal on the notoriously bad at defense Edmonton Oilers. Sit down and shut up. Go, go, you McNugget. You literally, Blake Lazotte's on your team, dog. He fucking sucks. Like, Oh, I hate that man. I was waiting. I wanted Kings fans in the chat. I wanted Kings fans in the chat. I was almost sad that the Oilers dominated them so hard because I knew Kings fans would be too scared to show up. I'm thank you, AP. I admire your confidence, at least for getting coming in here and facing us like a man or or just a strong individual. There we go. (laughs) Um, One of the things that was funny earlier on in the season, I mean, Early, early on, because the first Kings game was in like November. Uh, we we got some hate on this show. Like, guys, people were coming into this cool. show and hating on the Oilers hard from yeah. an LA perspective. You know the, what? The thing is, the thing is, at that time, I was right there with them. I was just as pissed off. I was hating on the Oilers. They were pissing me off. But now the turn the tables have turned. You're talking the, the Kings fans are still coping and hanging on to victories in November when the Oilers didn't have a Vander Kane and most notably Norris Caliber, potentially Hall of Fame defenseman Matthias Ekholm. Like God, they, they had a recovering nurse, they had a recovering dry sidle. Exactly. And I know we're pull and I and we're pulling right now the same crap that we were kind of flaming Kings <laughs> fans for earlier. So I will say there's a little bit uh, there's an element of hypocrisy to that. But Again, this is an Oilers show. I'm a homer. I'm biased. If you come here, we're going to be talking Oilers. We're going to be biased as hell. And yeah, it's, look, it is what it is. Look, this is going to be a fun playoff series. 
if we crush the Kings, it'll be great. If it turns into suddenly more of an even match, it'll be entertaining at least, right? The one thing we can all agree is let's just not see 60 minutes every game of that trap style hockey. Oh, it's going to be intense. And again, this is another series that, and again, there was a one last two. I, I, I still think this is a longer series. Like the Kings will inevitably get an early goal at some point and trap it up and make your life miserable. And you obviously squeak out a win here and there. Like it is not going to be an easy series. Don't let these two games fool you. I don't believe that it's let that the Oilers, uh, the Oilers would let them fool us or fool them excuse me right but also another thing i was thinking about today is okay i know someone talked about oh, i know why kyle brought up earlier i saw talking about like zach knows what happens if the Oilers do win the division and it's looking a little bit unlikely now that the Oilers will end the division because vegas keeps getting these damn loser points but um you know i don't believe that the Oilers would have the same struggles with a, a team that comes in like seattle winnipeg Calgary, or whatever because again this intensity, especially the two LA games, the way they, the Oilers have played, especially in these two LA games, has shown me so much about this team. They've sent a message to every fan, every team in the league, every player that they do not care whether they're in a series against the Columbus Blue Jackets or the Boston Bruins. They are going to play as hard as they can. It does not matter. They are treating every game, every player. There's no days off. There's no games like last year in the King series where they kind of take the foot off the gas a little bit. The foot, when the playoffs start, they are going pedal to the floor and it does not come up unless they get in like a major car accident. That's the only way that the foot is coming off the gas. Like, uh, you got me wrong. Oiler fan here. I meant they won without Connor doing his thing. Oh, damn it. Sorry. AB coming in here so... with the clarification Sorry. after you unloaded well, on him. I was so ready that before the game, I was just so ready for LA Kings fans. But I just knew that they wouldn't show their face. And I guess they still haven't. Hopefully, we'll get the chance to meet in the playoffs. Well, I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate your support. I appreciate you being here and commenting in the chat. And you're right. They did win without Connor doing his thing. Connor, when he had to, when the Oilers needed him, he absolutely showed up and had those dominant shifts. We saw him undress the LA Kings. We saw him make Drew Doughty look like he plays for the U- U15 AAA Kings out of San Bernardino or whatever. But um, no, he made them look like fools. He made yeah. them look like absolute fools. Drew Doughty uh, is... Evander Kane, first of all, lives rent-free in Drew Doughty's head. The guy gets clobbered. I'm I'm surprised that he's still standing by the end of the game. He gets hit every shift. The Oilers don't like Dred Doughty, and Doughty clearly can't respond physically in the way that the Oilers can. And it's just, it's it's sad to watch. You're watching an man. old man get fed his meal. It's yeah, pretty- like given his age, I'm surprised he's still, again, he played like 27 nights or 27 minutes tonight. Last mm-hmm. time we talked about, he played like half the game. He's too um, tired to fight back. Maybe they, <laughs> maybe Uncle Todd should lower his minutes. Gavrikov played a little better than he did last game. Good for him. Uh, you know Stuart what? Skinner, I, I- I felt like that Gavrikov cross check on Yanmark, uh, like, come on. If you're calling some well, of the stuff in earlier on in this game, you can't let that go. Well, again, so the whole thing with this game is for the first penalty that we saw. So, okay, so I believe it was Trevor Moore for the LA Kings gets a rush. He's streaking down. It's an odd man rush, takes a shot on Skinner, tries to go far side. Skinner makes a stop and really good save. The puck kind of comes around. Bouchard gets it, skating up the middle of the ice. And Bouchard like makes a move, cuts the middle, and then like a Kings player, I can't remember who it was, comes from behind and just cross checks him, eliminates Bouchard, takes away a scoring chance, like as textbook of a penalty as you could get. They don't call it, so I'm like, oh okay, it's gonna be one of those games, right? Yeah, one of those games. But the difference is actually the first penalty, and this is why it was so weird, was that Ekholm like hold non hold, right? Just a little phantom. So, like if you're calling you're, that, you you're you're gonna have to call a lot of penalties if well, exactly. that's a penalty. And then, and then after that, you have oh, what? What the hell was it? So it was the Clem Byfield went one. for, oh, well, yeah. well, Byfield went for a trip on Bouchard, but that yes. one's blatant. Exactly, like he jammed his stick into his skates. Exactly, but yeah, that, that, that's just a trip, a trip. Whether an Oilers player doing it or a Kings player doing it, that's a trip is a trip is a trip is a trip. But yeah. the the one where they go into the pile, they just pull. Mm. Flip, Sean Dursey just because he weighs one hundred and forty five pounds just falls over. 
and they pull and there's Kings fans and Kings players and gloves in everyone's face and whatever. And Sean Dersey falls down. So they pull Costin out of the pile. Shockingly. I couldn't believe that was a penalty. That was ridiculous. But of course the Oilers kill comes through. They eliminate that LA power play. But yeah, that was a really weird one. But then the problem was after Alex Iafalo gets hit by Bugstad and um, he definitely goes down hard, but he gets back up, goes right up Bukestad, like very similar to the way Costin does. Differences, Costin doesn't, or Bukestad doesn't fall down, and yeah. they give him coincidentals. How that was coincidentals after what you just called, I don't know. Right, Bukestad got two minutes for getting punched. Well, the fact of the matter is, the power play isn't finished. 4-4. It was a game of game management. You look at the timing of them. You look at who was up when who got the power plays. You could call the power plays before they happened. You knew what was going to happen. The refs were looking for it more than they were just calling it as they saw it. And again, they finished 4-4. The Oilers are better and the Oilers won this game primarily because of their special teams advantage. But yeah, no, this, this is going to be a theme all year. I don't know what it is about LA. The amount of like like there was a play where Yamamoto was out with Bugstad and Yanmark, and Yamamoto probably took like three blatant hooks yeah. that messed up a scoring chance, and they finally called the slash after like the fourth one, right? And it's just yep. you they have to do it three or four times for it to actually end up being called a penalty, and it gets so, so, so frustrating. But and if oh sorry, sorry, you think, go ahead. Think about a player like Vincent DeHarnay, right? This is the type of game where if you're him, you have no idea what to do because his typical way of playing is that sort of net front clear. He chops at guys. He pushes guys around a couple of cross checks to the back. But in this type of game where some are incredibly ticky tack penalties and Mm -hmm. others are like, you really have to murder someone to get a call like a player like DeHarnay, who's on his first season in the nhl you really don't know what you're supposed to do in that situation so even if he like he didn't but even if he did play poorly or like a broberg played poorly i wouldn't say that you know that's a fault of theirs no i absolutely agree with you absolutely agree with you i think i i just think the penalties are going to be an issue that we come back to i remember last year last season the series that we played against la it was a constant thing you're just like okay uh as some people like to call on twitter it's the la tax right it's just it's just one of those things that happens when you play a team like this and the way they play defensively they just they're going to take a lot of stick infractions and then the way that the refs think they're like oh well we can't call every single one because the Oilers' power play is so good we can't put them on the power play possibly but the one thing i did want to say and just to be fair just to be unobjective for five seconds is if you watch the oilers first power play goal leon drysidle on the wall definitely trips blake lazat and you get the puck to um to ryan and hopkins and obviously the oilers catch a break there but if you're calling that there was a play where the kings were on the power play where i believe they were there was were killing Derek ryan got blatantly interfered with it led to a king's chance but the difference is our goalie a little bit better makes a save. Yours didn't. You guys lose. Sucks to say, but that's the story. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a funky game in terms of refing, um, a little bit weird in terms of pacing, but end up, you know what? The Oilers get it done. And now, you know, we're, we're coming towards the end of the show. Let's take a look at some of the playoff uh, possibilities. I know you don't like planning for opponents or anything like that, nope. but now the math has finally gotten easy enough where we can say there's one path out of the series with the LA Kings right now, barring this like one path, there's no way to get out uh, of playing the LA Kings in round one. And the only way forward is I believe Vegas has to lose two games and then get, you know, the best they could do is 0-2 and 2. Well, the thing is, Vegas' schedule is a lot tougher than the others. The others is San Jose, they're playing Anaheim, they're playing Colorado, they play San Jose twice, I think. Yes, San Jose, San Jose, Anaheim. And Colorado. uh, Colorado. Yeah, Yeah, so... Meanwhile, it, Vegas has LA, Dallas, Seattle, Seattle. So all playoff teams. Exactly. So like there is a chance that the Oilers do win the division. It is a slim chance. I'd probably say it's a 75% chance we're facing off against LA. Now, 
Uh, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be really tough. I know Oilers fans would much rather another opponent, but I think Kings fans would much rather another opponent. I think yeah. the Oilers, the Oilers, as Pete Blackburn put it, are the best team and best hockey team in the world right now. There is not a team in the in the NHL that would choose to play the Edmonton Oilers. I think Oilers fans should be very confident going into any series. Obviously, understanding that it's hockey and anything can happen, but the oil like. This is how teams win. You go in, everything is going your way right now. You can't let it slip. You got to build, you got to roll. And we've seen the way that Connor McDavid has been leading this team for the last, you know, couple of years. He's not letting anything slip. They're going to go to practice and they're going to work just as hard as ever. Like they're coming off a seven, nothing loss. Yeah. And when Connor's being hard pressed by opposition, Leon, especially in the last month, incredible. He's been carrying that burden, arguably being the best oiler out there. Um, if you look at it, the rest of the opponents, you know, if we do make it to first in the Pacific, it's going to be top in the Western conference. Um, our opponent options are going to be the jets as it stands right now. Most likely the jets. It's like probably 80% that the jets get that wildcard spot and very slim that I guess Calgary still playing a hedge head with the jets. They just biffed it hard tonight calgary lost against chicago three times now in this season um they they gotta win the next game which i believe is calgary winnipeg yeah so that's gonna be the most likely determining factor of oh yeah if we top it who we're gonna play in that wild card two spot Wise Kyle says in chat, I could see Vegas losing to LA and Dallas or one of the uh again, my chat's all covered. One of uh one of the Seattle games and the Oilers having only one tough game versus Colorado. And the funny thing is about that game, and I agree with you, Colorado absolutely is a tough game no matter what. But that's uh I think that's the second last game that the Oilers play of the season. Yes. And I don't know about Colorado what game that is, but the the way that they're getting injuries, I would not be shocked if that was a big rest game for Colorado. So I don't and, and we don't know what the Oilers would be doing with their milestones and whatnot. But you have to imagine yeah. Nuge hits 100 points relatively soon. McDavid is, I think, what, two away from 150. Three and, away from 150, I think. Okay, three away. So you have to imagine. It's my I, probably my belief that 150 is that benchmark they're looking at. Like 70 goals would be cool. I don't think that's a realistic thing for Connor McDavid this season. So I don't think that's going to be there. Oh, McDavid needs to be in the lineup until he gets 70 goals. Um, so I think they're going to be looking at either 150 or 155, um, depending on how the next couple games go. But yeah, I, I, I have to imagine after Nuge gets 100 and McDavid gets 150, the Oilers, just like Colorado, will be resting people. But that also has to go with the caveat that it depends what the series are looking like. If Vegas is pulling away with the division all of a sudden, like they just don't lose and the odds of you catching them are non-existent in the last couple of games. And it looks like you've secured home ice against LA. Then yeah, absolutely. Like rest by all means, but. Mm -hmm. um, So wise Kyle has some clarifications on uh, Calgary. Winnipeg is tomorrow before Anaheim Edmonton. So Tomorrow's going to be a big day. Um, Vegas, obviously, if we can catch them, I would rather do that. Uh, you're right. LA Kings, it's a scary matchup. We're, we're I gonna- think Vegas, you know what? I don't mind even if, even if we're going through the Kings first, that's fine too, because you're going to have to play these teams eventually. Mm-hmm. If you believe that the LA Kings are this good, we're going to meet them round two, if not round one. Yeah, exactly. Like you got to be, you, the playoffs is just good teams. Like you got to yeah. be good teams in the playoffs, regardless of how it stacks up. You got to go through good teams. It's going to be tough, but again, the Oilers are built to do it like this. They are, we we gotta stop like Oilers fans because we we just think of this team as like this 17, 18, 18, 19, 19, 20. Like we still think of the Oilers like that, but that is not the Oilers anymore. They are a cup contender. They are, I saw someone, I think it was Hayter McDater put it. The Oilers are sixth in the league right now. Like they are a top, 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 top tier team. Top tier team. Wise Kyle, I agree. I don't want to get goalied in the first round. True. There's always that risk. But uh yeah. what are you gonna do? Like the the teams will come if they're good teams, you're going to have to play them on the road to the cup. And speaking of which, let's end off the show with this question from Simply Bram. What is the lowest bar we should take this year? 
Is it a cup or bust season? You go, Zach. Okay. (laughs) I think this is the year. You go for it. This is a cup year. You look at not just the Oilers team and the cap structure. You got a lot of guys who are on expiring terms now. You know, you got RFAs. You got to resign. McLeod took a a pay cut this year, just a a little haircut. But he obviously, you're going to want to pay him and he's going to want to get paid. This is a cup year from the Oilers perspective. And it's also a cup year from the rest of the Western Conference. It's the most wide open Western Conference we've seen in several years. This is the easiest path. And Oilers are very, very clearly now, I think, the favorite team to get out of the West. East-wise, there's some competition there. Yes, the Eastern Conference is full of really scary teams like Boston, Carolina. I don't want to say the one that is affiliated with our channel because I don't want to curse them about round one. There's a lot of teams in the East, but if you get to that final stage and you're in the Stanley Cup final, all bets are off. Everything in the in the regular season doesn't matter. Bring on Boston. For me, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Copper bust. I see Hannah McDader in the chats as third round. You got to the third round last year. You got to do better than that. And yeah. again, they are better than that. They are capable of so much more. If any team in the league will be afraid of this team in the playoffs. The Oilers have the two guys. Well, one guy is the, uh, what is it? He is the third highest point per game in the playoffs of all time. And that's not your best player on your team so yeah. like it's it's wild <laughs> they have the third and fifth best players or highest players with the highest points per game of all time in the playoffs on this team they i saw someone talk about i don't want to get goalied in chat like 2020 and 2021 uh the difference is when the Oilers were goalied by winnipeg their second line in overtime was ryan nugent hopkins zach cassie and devin shore like they are a lot, a lot significantly better than that. They probably have, they have about what, 10 players who are better than Devin. Obviously, Devin Shore's scratch. Like, Devin like Shore's is a scratch. They yeah. are way above that in version of the Oilers. Against Chicago, I don't even count that. That was in the bubble. They got, they didn't get goalied as much as like they just played like dog shit. No one played good in the bubble. The bubble you can throw right out the window. But they but, show some love to, you know, Jujar Kara, who scored a goal tonight. Yeah, exactly. Good for him. But again, the Oilers are a lot better. It is cup or bust. This is their chance. Like you, you, you can be right. The injuries, especially to guys like Colorado, could not come like selfishly. And maybe it's not the nicest thing to say, but could not come at a better time for the Edmonton Oilers. We did. Corey Crawford played out of his mind, and that yes. was another thing too. Like I know Jonathan Quick was dog shit this entire season. It's been dog shit for Vegas, LA, no matter where he's. But uh, he was also outstanding for the Kings in the playoffs last season, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like there is a number of things that went right, and I know that they added a bunch and they got better, and their guys are back from injury again but um like we'll see what happens anything can happen it's hockey but again like let's end it on this it is absolutely cup or bust someone's got to win the cup why not the edmonton oilers why not us baby Uh all right, next game. You don't have to wait long. It's tomorrow, 8 p.m. Mountain Time is the puck drop, hopefully. Uh, we're in Anaheim. Zach and I will be back here on the SDPN YouTube channel after that game. Mm-hmm. Zach, where can they find you? You can find me at ZWheel97 on Twitter. And just one last time, let's hit that like button. We're two away from 60. Uh, yeah, when I check back tomorrow, I hope I see a ton more. Well, you can also. Oh, sorry, Dennis. I, I, dude, it's twelve seventeen a.m. and I just fell asleep right there. I've been All up good. since six in the morning. But where, Dennis? Where can they find you on Twitter? Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dennis Lee Y-E-G. Uh, tune into our Twitters. It's great, uh, a great way to know about upcoming broadcasts, and you won't want to miss the upcoming broadcasts come playoff time. All right, that's it for us tonight. We wrap up a Edmonton Oilers win over the Los Angeles Kings. 3-1 to one is your final score. And let's cap it off with a play la bomba, baby. baby. Good night. Take care. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.